Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. You know, today everyone's talking about the coming economic recovery, but I have a warning for you in your own life. Also, out of hardship can come opportunity. I'm going to share with you one reason this might be the right time for you to open your own business. So, we as consumers, in many cases, have felt imprisoned over the last year of the epidemic and a lot of people who have maintained employment have found they've actually spent less money over the last year even if they have maintained employment obviously we have tens of millions of americans perhaps 50 million or so who have suffered severe financial hardship to moderate financial hardship through the pandemic with job loss, income loss, lost businesses, and the rest. The rest of the workforce has generally been in better financial condition over the last year because they flat out haven't had the things to spend money on they spent before. And this is something that I know I'm always taking away people's candy and handing you the carrots or other vegetables. But the reality is the pandemic, ironically enough, has provided a lot of people time to improve their financial situations. At the same time, we hunger for normal. We want our old lives back. And as long as you're thoughtful about that, fine. What I worry about is that people who maybe were living a debt lifestyle going into the pandemic and have been able to really fix that financial profile if you maintained your employment over the last year, now you're suddenly going to feel like, hey, life is coming back to normal. I want to do things. And that's great. To the point that you don't get yourself back into debt. That's the big thing. This has caused so much sadness in so many families. More than half a million Americans deceased from covid And then there are those who have endured, stayed healthy, or recovered from being sick, and our finances actually weirdly got better. Don't give that up. A lot's gone on to get there. So 
be careful what you do spend. I want to give you an example of that. I've talked recently about the more and more widespread offering of pay now, buy now, pay later. It was something that has been very popular in Australia for a long time and has become a big thing in the United States over the last year during the pandemic. We're shopping online and at many in-person physical stores. You have an option of not paying with a debit card or cash or credit card, but having interest-free payments spread over a number of months, depending on the offer, paying a payment every couple of weeks or paying once a month. And that is an alternative that many people have been attracted to because it doesn't give you more debt on a credit card but it still is an obligation that is a form of debt. I want to tell you from a survey by Credit Karma, this goes back to the be careful thing. Four out of 10 people who use buy now, pay later miss payments. Four out of 10. And three quarters drop their credit score by using it. So, I know it's an impulse kind of thing because I'm not talking about the traditional no, no, no plans with furniture where they say no payments for three years or you buy appliances and no payments for a year and all that stuff. I'm talking about small purchases like a women's clothing item or an accessory or something like that. Something that might be $40, $50, $100, something like that where you spread the payments over a number of months, interest-free. Now, how do they make money? They charge the retailer what are called discount points, where the retailer gets only maybe 95 cents on the dollar for your purchase, but they know that it gets people who are on the fence about buying something to buy it. But if it's buying something you're going to have trouble paying for later, it's not worth it. It's not worth it if you're going to impact your credit score or get hit with penalty fees for not being able to make your payments on time. Remember those numbers. Four in ten missed payments, and three quarters lowered their credit scores. For more on healthy eating, no, didn't it sound like that, Krista? I mean, that was really... All right. Well, Kathleen in Georgia says, I hit a deer in a rental car. I declined rental insurance and I have my own liability insurance. Who pays and what steps do I take? So one thing is you decline the rental insurance. Think back what credit card you used for the rental. That credit card may have the benefit of secondary collision coverage and you may not even know that. So that would be the first thing I'd check. Second is, if you've not done so, you need to be in contact with your own automobile insurer who will then handle, uh, minus your deductible, the claim that the rental car company has with you. You may find that the uh, insurer and the rental car company get into a back and forth about junk fees the rental car companies try to charge. So you want to be really aware about how the claim is being processed so you don't get hit with a balance bill. The good news getting uh, into a situation where you hit a deer is you didn't say you were hurt in any way, 
And that's the important thing. Kathy in California is interested in a Tesla Model S. I don't have solar at my home, and I'm wondering how much I can expect my electric bill to increase each month. Also, do you have any tips on negotiating price, or is that not possible with Tesla? So Tesla, the price is the price, uh, but you will find that if they have vehicles in existing inventory, that you may get a deal that way, particularly if they have discontinued a a particular version of the Model S, which they did recently. If there's any existing inventory out there, that would potentially get you a lower price because something different than Tesla usually does, when they uh, decided they were going to make a new version of the S, the price went up $10,000 from the prior version. New and improved, I guess. So any existing inventory S's will be cheaper and may, in fact, be cheaper than what their price had been, which was a base of $69,420. Not that I know the amount. (laughs) Now the new one is $79,990. So the other thing with Tesla is if you buy a recent S, a used one, you may find a deal. On the increase in your electric bill, it will be ridiculously tiny in terms of an effect on your prices because the effective fuel economy of an electric vehicle is typically five times more efficient than what you have with a gas engine vehicle of equivalent size. So figure more or less you're going to average an energy equivalent of about 100 miles a gallon. So even living in California with the ultra-high electric rates you have, you'll find that the incremental impact on your electric bill, unless you drive enormous miles every week, will be not even noticeable. Robert, if you noticed you have a Tesla, have you noticed any difference mm-mm. in your electric bill at all, Very Kristen? minimal. Very and minimal. And you don't have solar. Mm-mm. Robert in Alabama says, our small business has an old-fashioned landline for which we have to pay for long-distance phone calls by the minute. No, you don't. No, you don't. Oh. Yeah. Where and how do I research who offers the cheapest long-distance calling rates in my area or state? Okay. I'm shallow breathing. I've been on the air since the mid-1980s in radio, and then more recently with our show Migrating to Podcast. And we used to have one of our most common questions was about how to save on long distance. I can't remember the last year we had a question about long distance because nobody pays for long distance anymore, Robert. It's killing me. So with your business phone service, I'm guessing... You have internet service at your business. If you have internet, you can get one of the business line backbones that will have unlimited free long distance and lower monthly fees for your phone service. You can look at UMA for business. You can look at Packet 8. Um, There are any of a number of providers of internet backbone uh, phone service where you can port your number from the old-fashioned phone company and move it to 
internet service. The weird thing, even if you don't now have internet service at your business, it's likely cheaper for you to pay for internet service so you can backbone your business phone line on it because it'll be so much lower cost. Anthony in Georgia says, I have a sister who worked for a convenience store from 1999 to the year 2004. During this time, she was contributing to her 401k. Shortly after she quit, they were bought by a rival. She assumed since she quit, the money was forfeited, so she just never inquired about her account. I know the money's still in the account growing, and I need a little advice as to how to get it. This was purchased by Circle K? Correct. Circle K is a huge player in the convenience store industry, and the money in that 401k she had is safe. It should be available to her. It's a question of exploring where that money might be. So the first thing is to start with the corporate bureaucracy at Circle K. That's not going to be the easiest process of all to be able to work your way through. And that's where I would begin. The key is your sister, or if you're going to be her advocate, you need to have stick-to-itiveness because they may say, oh, well, not us. You don't talk to us. We, you know, we just bought them, blah, blah, blah. But that money is still there somewhere, and it's a matter of finding who's holding it, who's administering it, and then her access to it does not go stale simply because the enterprise was sold to Circle K. If you try your best efforts to find your way to this money and you can't, I want to hear back from you. And let's see, Anthony, if we can give any further guidance to your sister. Next, I want to know, have you ever thought about opening your own business? How about a restaurant? It's not for the faint of heart. But, you know, if it's your dream to be an entrepreneur, this could be one of the best times in your lifetime to do it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm seeing stories from all around the country about how people with an entrepreneurial spirit are using the backdrop of the difficulties that have attacked retail and restaurants to be able to open a business at much lower risk and lower cost than it would be normally. In fact, on one day, I saw stories from each coast and from ABC News about all the opportunities that exist in the restaurant business. There are people who are either already successful restaurant owners that have been able to navigate the pandemic or people who are putting together funds, private equity, to take advantage of the greatly reduce rents for restaurant and retail spaces and then 
on top of it, the glut of restaurant equipment. I read a story about how equipment is in such oversupply that a lot of restaurant surplus sellers aren't even being willing to take stuff for free that is being disposed of by landlords who have had to evict restaurant operators or restaurant operators trying to raise some capital when they do close a location. This is, to my knowledge, unprecedented. The opportunity that exists as we are clearly months away from emerging to a more normal life as the pandemic of coronavirus becomes something we manage instead of something that uh, interferes so much in day-to-day life. And so the vacancies, gosh, you drive around, and can you believe it how many vacant storefronts you see, how many vacant restaurants, and I think first about the people whose dreams have been crushed. You know, I'm such an entrepreneur at heart that it just eats at me. People who, no fault of their own, had their businesses destroyed by COVID. But the reality, every time we have a big recession, every time we have something that reverses economic activity, there are always those who benefit in the process of picking up the pieces. And this is a time more so than any other form of retail space that would-be restaurateurs have a fantastic opportunity. And then other general businesses with the vacancies, extreme. The place I go for yoga, yes, it's true, I go to yoga twice a week. Anyway, namaste to you. Anyway, all around the yoga studio, spaces have vacated one after another, after another, after another, after another, to the point that when I go to yoga, I park right at the front door now 100% of the time. I used to have to park like in an out parking because it used to be a very busy shopping center and it's a big one and now the overwhelming number of spaces are flat out empty so there's going to be a window where landlords are going to make real deals so if you have a business idea a restaurant idea concept this is on the edge of real, true, not once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but seriously rare opportunity for you to do your own thing. Krista? Dave in Indiana says, My fiancé and I would like to fly out from the Midwest to the West Coast to get married this summer. Congratulations. We aren't very experienced travelers. I probably won't qualify to be vaccinated until afterward, So should this be a concern for me flying? What things should I consider as far as purchasing my tickets since COVID precautions probably won't have changed much? Should I look into trip insurance? How does an inexperienced traveler plan for a trip like this? Well, David, first things first, if you're getting married in the summer, 
the odds that you won't have been able to get vaccinated by the time of your marriage is not uh, it's not zero chance that you won't be able to but it's close to zero you're gonna be able to get your vaccination if you want it if you look at the raw numbers of shots and arms every week now which is about I think it's about 11 and a half million a week at this point and the number keeps rising we're going to be at a point in the spring where the big problem is going to be encouraging the people that are on the fence about getting a vaccine to get one. It's not going to be what we're dealing with right now, which is the endless frustration of people trying to find an appointment, make an appointment, make it fit their schedule and go get a shot. So public health departments and other organizations are getting better and better at being efficient at giving the shots, not everywhere moving as efficiently as everywhere else, but it is happening, and we are going to have the ability for you to get vaccinated before you get married. Second thing, on travel, so if you buy tickets now, the tickets do not have penalties. So you could book a ticket, and then later, if it doesn't work for you to take the trip this summer to the West Coast or flying out West, you would be able to have the value for future travel. But I believe everything's going to be just chill by summertime. You're going to be able to get your shots, you're going to be able to take the trip, and you are going to be A-OK. Trip insurance in this case I don't think is valuable or worth it. As far as planning a trip, um, go to, for the flights, go to google.com slash flights and see what fares are out there. And then, in addition, check what's available on Southwest Airlines because their fares don't show on google.com slash flights. And you can bring up a fare map. You can see all the choices. And you will find amazingly cheap fares buying them now for planning actual parts of your trip i love TripAdvisor on for things to do and uh, places that people really like to go to and the posts that people put on TripAdvisor will be very helpful to you and congratulations to you on your future life together with your fiance Lisa in Washington wrote in and said, it's my practice to never give my social security number out, including to my medical providers. I was surprised recently when my physician had me sign a pre-printed form confirming my personal information, and the last four of my social security number was listed. Do I have the right to ask them to remove that information from my account with them? I'm not sure how they obtained it. And with all the sharing of medical records, I feel that this information is now just out there and I have no control, which does not seem right. I have medical insurance and not on Medicare, by the way, so they really don't need my social. Lisa, here, here. You know, I never put in my social security number on any medical form. And last year when I had the occasion of having to have a test at a hospital, on the forms pre-printed for me was the last four of my social security number. I have no idea where it came from, how they had it, because I promise you, I always leave that blank on medical forms. 
And the truth is, when somebody has your last four, they're pretty good at being able to suss out the other five numbers. So this is an unfortunate thing, and we've had a lot of of, uh, pushback from doctors and other people in the medical industry saying that they need our Social Security numbers in case we don't pay our bills and that that's what the collectors want to come after us. And that is a reckless practice because of the fact that half of all identity theft data breaches, and I should say not identity theft, half of all data breaches in the United States have come from the medical industry, which has not been very good at having secure records. You're not going to like this one from Eric in North Carolina, Clark. He says, I currently have a contract with a big alarm company to monitor my system at $150 a quarter. Wait, 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 wait. $50 a month? $50 a month for monitoring? Mm-hmm. <gasps> okay. His says, my, <gasps> my system was hardwired during construction. Are my sensors and cameras proprietary items? When my contract comes up, how do I move on? Do I need to get all new hardware, which is a large initial investment? I assume they all have web-based apps now for consumer monitoring. Okay. Customer monitoring. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Breathe. I pay $7 a month for monitoring. (laughs) Monitoring keeps going down and down. Uh, There's a system I'm going to test recently that's from WISE, W-Y-Z-E, that the monitoring is $4 a month, I think, is what it is. And you're paying $50? $50? Now, the company you have it with is a company that is a big national supplier of burglar alarms that has been a real source of complaints to us over the years with their rotten, terrible, stinking, lousy contracts and extremely high monitoring costs and very high equipment costs on top of it. I mean, they are the worst of all possible circumstances with a burglar alarm company. Now, one thing you got to make sure is that your contract almost certainly with this sleazy company has what's known as rollover, where if you don't give proper written notice, probably by certified mail, by a date certain, and normally there's a window, you automatically renew for multiple years at that rip-off $50 a month monitoring cost. As for the hardware, if you want to have a system you don't replace by installing yourself, like Ring or Simply Safe or the Wise one or something like that, you need to have a local alarm company come in and see if they can take over monitoring of your system. If they can and no hardware replacement is required, do not sign a contract for monitoring because, again, There's no reason you should be in a contract. A reasonable monitoring cost today from a traditional alarm company is mid to high teens, never more than 20 a month. And then again, the self-install systems tend to have much cheaper cost up front and much cheaper ongoing monitoring. Wow. I'm going to have nightmares about that $50 a month, Eric. (laughs) Oh, man. I want to thank you for being a part of Team Clark. Just don't make my heart race like that. You made my heartbeat go up to 83 beats a minute. 
with that. I'm usually chill around 55 to 60. Anyway, I want you to know that at Team Clark, we have volunteers serving you to answer your money questions four days a week. Visit clark.com slash CAC for more information and the hours and the phone number you call to get free one-on-one advice. We'll be right back. 